0: Welcome to the Humans of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Simon Sear, a seasoned innovation change and transformation leader. He is a partner at the Private Equity Consultancy Armstrong, where he helps private equity firms and their portfolio companies grow and scale. He has been CIO for BP and Duke Energy, And was on the board of BJSS. He is also a non-exec director for the Department of Work and Pensions on their Transformation Committee. He is here today to talk about navigating a diverse team and supporting people to be at their best. So a topic very, very close to my heart. Simon, it's brilliant to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure to be here.
0: So uh, Simon, in your words, tell us a little bit more about your career, your expertise, who you are.
1: Yeah, so I started my career in psychology. So I graduated in psychology and I did a master's degree whilst you know, working three or four days a week in business psychology. And I had every intention to be a kind of champion of, of people at work and change and transformation. And I went to work for a consultancy back in the mid-90s. And that was my job. That's what I was going to do. And unfortunately, we were at the back end of the recession. And we, we kind of didn't find any work in that space. But this, this consultancy that I worked for was a, a technology, or we used to call it an IT services company. And one day the, the guy that owned it, it, was only small, it was about 30 people. And he said, well, look, you know, you, you've been sitting on the bench for about three months. Doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Do you fancy going working in the program office down at Hermes Asset Management? And um, he said, you'll get a bonus if you, if you do. And so I was getting married. I, need, I needed the money. And I said, yeah, great, okay, I'll look up for that. What, what's the program office? And he was like, oh, don't worry about it, you'll figure it out when you get there. There'll be some other people there, I'll show you what to do. And, and that was it. That's, that's kind of how I got into IT uh, many, many moons ago. And then I've kind of had a kind of three acts to my career, really. So the first act was after that sort of brief consulting piece, I ended up writing a couple of books on the euro. And their impact on businesses, and because I, I was the, the project manager at the end at Hermes, running all of their euro change programs, and then that led me to Enron, and to, I was a ended up being an IT director at Enron, which was the world's biggest bankruptcy at the time, uh, and then I ended up, as you say, at BP and Duke and and other sort of energy trading places as as on the IT sort of director CIO level stuff, and then I kind of got a, a bit bit fed up with kind of you know spreadsheets and managing hundreds of people and so I ended up flipping to consultancy in 2008-2009 and that's what I've been doing ever since really consult consulting big part of that as you say was with BJSS where I was one of the leaders that grew that business and then the last year or so I've been working more in the private equity space so this is my sort of third chapter yeah so that's me in a nutshell.
0: I love that story of how you were just told, look, go, go try that out. You know, you'll, you'll get your head around it, you'll work it out. And now look at what that's all turned into. It's incredible. Um,
1: well, and I, and I think the thing is as well, like when you did my intro, it sounded like it's a very progressive career and I did this and I did that. And, you know, but it wasn't at all. You know, Steve Jobs, I think once said, wasn't it? You can join the dots backwards, but you can't join them forwards. And life meanders and we all meander. And, you know, as long as you're making some sort of forward progress in terms of your own growth, I think that's okay by me.
0: Mm, And that's a a great thing to mention. We all meander and career progression is meandering, isn't it? It is not it You're so right. Now, look, you mentioned there about, you know, being a leader of a large number of people. You have seen... Teams of small sizes, great sizes, medium sizes growth decline you, you've seen so much you've had exposure to so much we've spoken quite a bit about the realities of leading a diverse team so um I just wanted you to share some of your initial thoughts to the audience on that
1: yeah I mean it, it, it's difficult because you know sort of thinking about this this podcast I was thinking you know what are the sort of challenges around managing diverse teams and and, and I think you know, the, the, the psychology definitely helped me as a, as a person and, you know, kind of being kind of empathetic or understanding of other people. But I think also being a parent, and my, my kids are in their early 20s now, but, I, you know, as a parent, you need to be able to give kids the space, you know, guard rails that they don't hurt themselves or hurt other people. But to let them be the best they are and shine in the world, you need to be able to kind of create a platform for them to, to do that and if you if you spoil them too much you know it, it's a bad thing if you reprimand them too much and, and enforce your opinion it's a bad thing and to me that's like a good lesson for people in general really you know it's and it's when you're at work and you're leading people you need to think right, how am I going to get the best out of this person what guardrails do they need you know some people need kind of strict hours and they need direction and you know other people don't. Other people are much more creative and love chaos. And, and so being able as a leader to adapt to other people's needs, I think is, is fundamental in the workplace to, to leading people.
0: I love that, uh, you know, connection to children and, and family, um, and it really resonates with me at the moment. I've got two under two. Well, actually one, she's just turned two. So I can't really say that anymore, but the whole house is covered with those, uh, guardrails, everything is yeah. got one of those soft things yeah. on it. So someone doesn't hit their head. Now, now, what about the skills that you had to learn? So I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I mean, look, I work in recruitment. It's always about gaining skills and, and helping people get to their, the next step within their journey and meandering that journey. Um, yeah. But I, I really loved your thoughts around the skills you had to learn to manage and lead and inspire people through your journey. I'd, I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think fundamentally, I think a lot of this stuff comes down to kind of your own ego and, and, your, and your sense of self and how yourself fits in with other people. And, you know, quite often, when we're in work environments, you know, there's a leader, and that leader is the boss, you know, we call them the boss, don't we, you know, and there, there's this sort of, you know, they know best, and we defer to them, you know, they're, they're the highest paid person in the room, therefore, they must be right, or they must give direction. And, and actually, the reality is, that's, that's kind of, a lot of human nature isn't like that, it's, it's much more diverse. And if you want to get you know, and, and it's, it's, not a, it's not rocket science, but if you want to get the best answers, you get everybody's opinions. You know, you get the introverts' opinions, you get the extroverts' opinions, you get the, you know, people that are very academic, the creatives. And if you bring them together and you get that diversity of thought, diversity of experience, it's a powerful thing. But to lead people and to allow them to express themselves, be themselves, you've got to be able to, like I said just now, you know, tap into who they are and what's going to get the best out of there and where their guardrails are and where their encouragement needs to be, etc. But you also need to kind of park your own ego, you know, to the side and say, I might not be right. You know, there, there, there may be a different way to do this. There may be a better idea. And actually there probably is, but I need to give it the space to be vocalized. But then I also need people, I need to give people the power, to do something and and not not be the the judgment of it if that makes sense so i i work I, you have know, the last couple of years and i've been working this on myself but you know worked with a lot of younger people you know gen z now and millennials and they have brilliant ideas better ideas than i that i have and you know i'm a i'm a middle-aged man and and, and, it, and it's very easy to be that sort of dad boss figure but actually giving them space and the opportunity to make decisions and take action on, on on the team's behalf you know not just their own behalf just really really impressive results but yeah as, as a leader or as a, as a older guy if you like I, that, that that takes parking the ego to the side and saying as long as you're not going to hurt yourself or as long as you know i, I might not agree with you but it's they're going to you have to allow them to do it you have to allow people to be be themselves and take their own actions
0: Yeah, really powerful. And I love that concept of sort of parking your own ego. And you've really uh, reminded me of, you know, just the power of the more opinions you have in the room, like how important that is and stress testing things. Um, So powerful. Now, what about tolerance? We spoke about this before as well. Yeah. And, and, And that's got a huge part to play and a huge place in this as well.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think so. I think tolerance, you know, is, is the thing really that allows you know different opinions into the conversation, and 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 for things to mix, and things to that are complex to be you know nuances and stuff to, to be understood and to be discussed. And I'm a great believer in tolerance, and I, and I and I think you know this this kind of goes into wider society and you know cancel culture and all those kind of things. Is that I think a lot of people fear that we, we're losing some of that tolerance quite often by people in, who have got the right intention at heart, which is to allow more tolerance. And yet, sometimes through actions of cancelling or going after people that they don't agree with, they're, they're actually being less tolerant, which is kind of ironic, really. So for me, you know, that, that tolerance has to be across society to allow everybody to have a voice. You know, clearly not extremists or, you know, people that are going to be violent to other people and abusive and things, but, but tolerance of people's different thoughts, behaviours, wants, needs, desires, because at the end of the day, we're billions of people on this earth. We are all different. And, and, and also to, to be, the best answers are quite often where things mix, But and it's also the most exciting place as well, I think, for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think you know th- this is why I, I, I really was excited to have you on the podcast because this this whole podcast stream is is called FinTech with Nadia, the DEI discussions, and it's so so wide and it's so all encompassing because that is what inclusion is about, right? Um, yeah. There is no one silver bullet, but what I've really loved about everything that you stand for, it, it isn't just let's be more inclusive, let's have more opinions in the room. It's how do we how do we do that how do we get everybody talking what what are the fundamental pieces of of that puzzle to to make that all work and coexist so my final question to you is around a bit of a call to action to those listening how they can take what you've been sharing uh with them and take that further mm. so what would you say is a good good call to action for what we should be doing for workplace inclusion
1: so i i think you know the theme of probably our conversation just now which is more about the self and your own ego and your and how you fit into the conversation because quite often you know it's very externalized isn't it and we have kpis and we measure things and how many women in the workforce and we've got you know lbgtq you know group set up we've got this we've got that we've got minorities coming into the business you know the the sort of things that we can measure and therefore we 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 kind of put in place and you know we hope that that drives things well And, and now neurodiversity and that's becoming more more awareness around some of these things, which I think is great. But for me, it's, I think my call to action would be, but that's great, but look at yourself. Look at how you are within the environment. I don't mean what language you use or how you run groups and things like that, but more about your own ego, your own self, your own tolerance of other opinions and your ability to create safe space for people to be, I mean, truly empowered, not not just, you know, written on a kind of values... You know, on a website, but truly empowered to bring themselves to work, I think would be my call to action.
0: And it's a it's a brilliant one because you know what, everyone can do that. That isn't only going to work for people at senior levels or the highest paid person in the room. This is for all of us, and it's a journey all of us should be on to make our workplaces stronger, better, more successful. Exactly. And um, it's just been such a pleasure learning from you today, Simon. You know, these few minutes that you've shared with us, it's really, it's brought up some memories for me. It's brought up some actions that I now want to go and do. It's been really inspiring. But what I've loved most about it is it's the reality. It's the reality of making something right. And that tolerance piece and that leaving the ego uh, elsewhere, like that needs to be gone altogether for us to really make this work. I think it's really, really valuable and helpful for everyone listening. So. Thank you so much for joining us on the Humans of Fintech podcast series.
1: Thank you.